We're starting from the Mishnah on the second line down. So we've been talking about someone who puts things down in Rishis Rabbim. As we continue the discussion here, someone pours water into the tree. Somebody else becomes damaged by the water. The owner of the water has to pay uh, for the damage. The Gemara will discuss the case. Someone who hides a thorn or some glass in the street. He puts it there. I go there, someone made his fence, which sticks out into the street, out of thorns. Or a fence fell down. Other people, and other people got damaged by it. Any one of these has his the owner of them has to pay. And we will uh, we will see in the Gemara exactly what the details in this case is, where exactly it is. But the point is, it's negligence, the fact that the hazards are there, and that's why the owner has to pay. So first we start with the case of someone who poured water into the street. Amar Rav Lo Shanu, this din, that the owner of the water is liable, it's only where the victim's clothes got dirtied by the water. And this is Rav Shita, that then if I cause you to slip my water and then you got damaged on the floor, which is not mine, I'm Potter. So therefore Rav has to learn that the case in our mission is that my water directly damaged your 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 caleb, directly damaged your, let's say it soils your clothing. If the victim himself was harmed, he slips on the water and then injured on the ground, I'm not liable. Karkola Mizikaso is the ownerless ground which is damaged. And remember we learned this a couple of days ago. Rav Shita is that with a pit, it's only the damage that happens from like the odor, the, the, the atmosphere in the pit, which you're liable for. But if you slip on the pit and you fall on the wall, you get damaged on the wall of the pit and you're not liable. So Rav has to learn over here that the water is doing direct damage to the caleb. Now, if it's if it's doing directly to the caleb, you might ask, so why you pay, why does Bar doesn't pay for caleb? The answer is here you own the water. You're not mafka the water. Rav Shita, we learned a couple of days ago, is that when a person is the ownership, or is the owner of the bar, then it's really not a bar. It's under the category of shar. It's property that does mahazik and you're chayv even for kalim. Says the Gemara, but why can't the, the ground become his mud? Meaning, why you assume the Gemara comes up with a new variable today? You're assuming he slips on the water and stri- and, 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 and breaks, you know, breaks his knee on the on the pavement on the on the road. It's not really what happens. The spilled water mixes with the earth, and what happens is, is that the dirt is really ownerless for anybody. So what happens when water mixes with dirt? It becomes mud, and that mud should become the owner. Should, should belong to the owner of the water. Interesting halacha. If my water spills with mud in the street, I should become the owner of the mud. If I become the owner of the mud, then if, if, if someone is injured on the mud, it's my thing. It should be, it should be, it should be, it should be, it should be a bar. So why are we saying that if the guy was harmed, that I'm potter? Says the You think is the case is the water didn't go away, meaning it was still it was still there making a muddy mixture. No, the case was tamumai. The water had gone away, meaning it seeped into the ground. It didn't make a mud. Now, what's interesting is you can't say all the water went to the ground because then then you wouldn't be mafkirit. So the case is a little bit remained above the surface, but it didn't make a patch of mud. So if the person would, would slip on the slippery spot and then fall onto the ground, which is not his, then he would be potter. That's why Rav learned that what happened was that the water soiled somebody's clothing. Says the Gemara, Rav explained the Mishnah, the previous Mishnah, before in the exact same way. This is back in the Mishnah on Chavchas. So the Gemara says, Why do we need two Mishnahs to teach the same point? Remember, we had... We had that a couple of days ago. So it comes out at the same point. Someone who spills water in the, in the street has to pay compensation for the clothing that it causes. Like, Rav, that's the var. You own the water, so it's shard. Rishu Sarami, you're paying for the, you're paying for the um, damage to the galem. So what is the, what's the novelty of our Mishnah over that Mishnah? It says, one Mishnah is talking about the summer, and one Mishnah is talking about the, the, uh, the, the winter. What's the idea here? Is that during the summer, the streets are dry and clean. So you don't have rights to, to pour water 
into the street. In the, in the winter, where anyways it's all muddy and soiled, the, the rabbis gave you right to pour into, into the street. So our mission is telling us that, um, that even if it's the rainy season, where you have permission to pour it out, you're allowed to, you're still liable for any damage. It's kind of like pour, but pour at your own risk. Because the tiny, as it says in a price, and regarding all those where the Chachamans say, you have the permission to open the waste pipe and shovel out the pits, and even though, even though there's garbage going into the street, even though you're allowed to do that, you don't have to show us during the summer. During the rainy season, you have permission. Even though you do so with permission, if they cause damage, you are liable to pay. So you can do it, but at your own risk, and that's what the Mishnah is telling you. Don't assume that just because Basin allows you to do it, you're positive if you make damage. Someone who's talking about a thorn, if someone made his fence out of thorns, you're liable for damage it causes. So the Gemara and the Gemara mentioned this yesterday. We're talking about where the, the thorns were sticking out into the street. But where he pushed the thorns back within his own property, lo, then he's not liable. Remember that case is where he had a thorn, thorn bush in his property and then he gave his property over to the public to walk. He's not five. Why? What's the, what's the difference? The Maisa is letting he's allowing the public to walk there. So if he's allowing the public to walk there, so then he shouldn't be. So then so then he should he should be liable. What's the difference? By time of Potter. It's not normal to rub yourself against the wall. So if I let you walk, not responsible if you rub close against the thorns. If it's sticking out into the street, then it's different. Then we say that it's hard to expect that people won't end up butting into it. Let's say I stick my thorns or glass into my friend's wall. Now it comes along my friend, the owner of the wall. He comes and he demolishes his wall. Therefore, the whole thing falls into the tree. And these glass or, or thorns, they cause damage there. The one who hid them is liable. Why? Because the one who had the wall, he didn't have to expect that someone else's thorns were there, so it's not his liability. It's the liability of the person who put them there to begin with. It's only true if it was a rickety wall, because then you had to realize there's an expectation when you put them into the wall that maybe it was going to become demolished, and therefore you should have anticipated that. And it's like he put the hazard in the street. If it's a sturdy wall, it's unlikely for it to be, ever to become demolished the way it is. The one who hit it is not Chayv. Instead, the owner of the wall is liable. The owner of the thorns is Potter. He had no reason to think the thorns would end up in the street. The owner of the wall should have realized that other people might think it's a safe place to put it, and they would put it there. He should have searched for them before before knocking it down. So it's a very interesting chedish that if I own a wall, people could stick things in it. That I have to be think about that before I knock it down. But in my saw, if it was a coastal barrio, sturdy wall, you should think that through because of the fact that people would have the right to put it there because they, for them they don't have to anticipate it would come down. Amar Avino, Amar Avino, Avino now says an interesting inference. So, so Maris, this, these halachos we could take something away from. Let's say someone covers his pit with the lid of his friend. Meaning, so I, may, I make a pit and I'm looking to cover it. So I take someone else's lid without permission and I use it to cover the pit. So the Maisa, do I leave a dangerous thing? No, it's not dangerous, but only because I use your pit cover. The owner of the lid comes and takes back his lid. Who's liable? The one who took back his lid? No, the owner of the pit is liable. Why? Because it's likely I have to think through that someone might want his, might want his cover. I don't have permission. I stop my take it and I cover it. But do I not think through the fact that he might want it back? Maybe he's going to want it. You should have realized it. So the owner of the pit is liable even though he left her covered. He should anticipate that the owner of the lid would come and take it back. Says the Gemara Pshita, it's an obvious analogy. Yeah, totally true. Says the Lord that you would say is only there. In the case of the owner of the wall, it's not liable because he doesn't know 
who the owner of the thorns is to tell him. In other words, if you have plants that demolish the wall, who are you going to tell? So maybe no, it's really, maybe the owner of the wall should always be liable for the thorns. You should always tell the owner of the thorns that, it, that, that the wall is going to be about to be demolished. But maybe he doesn't know who it is. He doesn't know who to notify. And that's why specifically we would say the owner of the wall is not liable. In the case of Ravina Tiyatale, the owner of the lid presumably knows who the owner of the pit is. We assume that, 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 that it's an interesting assumption, but the guy who has his lid and covering a pit, he probably knows who owns the pit. Therefore, before he takes it away, they should have notified him that he's taking back his lid. If he didn't do it, he should, then if he didn't notify him, then maybe the owner of the lid should be liable. And then no, the owner of the lid is not liable. So interesting point. The exemption has nothing to do with the ability to notify the owner. You're, you have no responsibility for the hazard that somebody else made. That's the idea. So one person makes a pit and he covers it with your lid. And now you need your lid. You can come and take it. And I, you're leaving a hazard. It's not me who's leaving a hazard. It's the person who dug the pit who's leaving a hazard. That's the takeaway that we see from here. Because we see the same thing with the wall. That if someone put it in the wall, and now I need to knock it down. If it was a rickety wall, which I expect there's a certain anticipation, I might need to walk it uh, and might need to knock it down. So I knock it down, and it doesn't matter. I don't have to notify anybody, this and that. And the person who stored the, the glass in the wall would be the liable one, not me. They would hide their thorns and shards of glass in their field. Again, they want to just be careful that nothing bad, no one gets hurt from them. They would make a hole from them that was three tzvachim deep. So deep that it wouldn't block the plow. We don't want to, we don't want that to, to block it. So the reason it's chasidus is because really you're allowed to put it in a sturdy wall. But, but there's this midas chasidus that even from the sturdy wall, who knows what will happen, maybe we'll get to the street. So instead they would bury them. Rav would throw them into fire. That was the way he disposed of it. Rav he threw it into the river. Amar Avihuda, very famous Gemara here. I'm minded by the Chassid, someone who wants to become a Chassid. What should you do? Lakaim Yilid Nizikin. You should learn Mesechas Nizikin. Nizikin, it's a compilation of Baba Kam, Baba Mitzvah, and Baba Batsra all together. If you want to be a Chassidus, Chassidus is knowing how to not harm somebody else. Rav Amar Mili Davos, you should learn Perkei Avos. You learn Perkei Avos, you learn how to go through life. Fahamilah Midi the Brachos, you should study Mesechas Brachos. That will bring about Chassidus. Says the Mishnah, someone puts out his straw. It's two different types of straw. Tevin and Kash just means straw. One is processed straw, one is whole straw. But he puts out the straw, and the idea is that it should become manure. So just to understand it, that you want it to, um, you want to put it in the street and you use it as fertilizer. So it's like basically you make compost out of, out of, out of the straw. It's a, whole, it's a little process in turning it into good fertilizer. But one of the things that is good is when people step on it. In the process of turning it into fertilizer, you want people to step on it. So you're putting out your straw in the street. You almost want people to trample it. Now, instead of, instead of it going good with the plan, what happened was it was a caused someone else to slip to get damaged. Chai of bin Nizko, the owner is liable to pay. So even though you're doing it, you know, the best of intentions of yourself, it might tell you, it's, it's a bad thing to do that because you might be causing liability. Anyone who's the first to take it could acquire it. Interesting thing. There's a penalty. Even though it belongs to me, the Rabbana made a penalty. Whoever puts straw out in the street is like a tafkir, and he allows anyone to take it for themselves. Obviously, that's the Takhan of the Rabbana, because the owner is not making it tafkir, right? The, hafkir, the owner is intending that people should step on it, and he'll take it back. Anyone who puts a hazard in the street and causes damage, has to pay. Whoever is the first to take it um, is able to acquire it. So we have to see what in the world is the machlokas in Rishim Gamliel and the Tanakhama. So we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get into this um, in the Gemara. Rashi also mentions that it's possible Rishim Gamliel is saying that even if he had permission to put it in, there's still liability. But we'll, but we'll see in the Gemara what the what the etzem machlokas is here. Rishim Gamliel and the Rabbanon. 
Someone turns over dung in the street, meaning there is dung in the street, and then I come on over and turn it over and put it back down. Someone else gets damaged. I'm liable to pay. Remember, we discussed that case yesterday. But the Vard is, Rabbi Lazar explained that you had cut, you didn't pick it up more than three Zvachim. It was always remained on the ground, but rather the case here in the Mishnah is that you, if you had Kavvana to, to acquire it. So if you had Kavvana to acquire it, so then, then we say that, um, that when you picked it up, you're liable, you're liable to pay. It's like you're making a bar you're making a bar with intent to acquire it, and therefore when it goes back down, you're the owner of the pet. All right, so first we want to understand the t- you say the mission. The mission said when you put the straw on the street, now you're liable for damage. The time when manure is put out, so basically there are times a year when it's, co- when it's normal to fertilize the fields, so it would be always very normal. They'd be putting it uh, in the street. So in the time that it's normal, all the mozi civil is around, you can put it out in the street, but sober goes and you can keep it there for an entire thirty days. You have permission to do You want it to become crushed by the by the feet of people and animals who pass over it. It helps to turn this stuff into fertilizer. Shamanas, what's the shot? I the street doesn't belong to you. Maybe it's a hazard. That was one of the basic conditions that Yoshua gave over possession of the land was with that intent. Yoshua gave Eretzrael to the Jewish people. He made a lot of halachos about the way the land should be used. And that was one of the original, very interesting, and original legislation from Yoshua that you're allowed to do this. So what's the Gemara's question? That if Yehuda allows people to, to leave the manure out in the street, so you're doing it with permission, so Pashas, you wouldn't be high of if any damage happens. That's what the Gemara's assumption is. If you have the right to do it, if it's permitted to do it, so then there shouldn't be any liability if damage happens. Our Mishnah says that in a similar case here, right, when you're putting it out, you are liable. So that doesn't seem to go like Rebuda. So that's the Gemara for the Tim Rebuda. Rebuda just said you're allowed to do it. And you're allowed to do it, but at your own risk. It's much better to do it, but one who does it is still, is still liable. Now, it's very hard to understand this because the Mishnah said that we penalize the person who puts it out and we said whoever is the first to acquire it to, to take it is able to acquire it. If we're talking about you put it out with Rishos, then why, why would the Rabbana make a penalty? Based on the liability, okay, put it out at your own risk. But how do we allow anybody to take it? So Taisa says we have to be saying that the case is you left it out there for more than 30 days. That din in the Mishnah is where you left it too long. All right, so at this point, we're trying to say it could be your, you have permission to put it out. The Mishnah may agree with Rabbi Yehuda, but you put it out at your own risk and if damage happens, you are high. Says the Gemara but it says in a Mishnah. There's a Mishnah later in the Masechet. If you put a Hanukkah lamp out in the street where you're supposed to, and then somebody else gets damaged by it, you're not Chayev. And the issue of you have permission to put it out. So my lavish is based, and the point is that the court permits you to do that. So what? what it's a stira. If my Pater, if my Yerner Hanukkah causes damage because I have permission, so then why my Chayev, if my manure causes damage, if I have permission to put it out? Says the Gemara, it's very different. Lo, Mishum Rishos Mitzvah. If it's because of the Mitzvah that I'm doing, Yerner Hanukkah is a Mitzvah. So that's a greater permission. That's a din of a mitzvah. It's not stam based and allows me to do it. It's a din of a mitzvah to put it out. That's why I'm part of something happens. But if I put out stam with rishos based in, then it's put out on my own risk. The time it doesn't rise, we don't remember Nachanukah part of an issue rishos mitzvah. So clearly we see the point is that it's a mitzvah, not just because I have permission. Says the Gemara Toshimah, regarding all the same, we're talking the Kabbalah just around that you have a right to put the hazard in the street. It means if there is damage, you have to pay. Rebuta says you're not liable. So in this price, Rebuta says explicitly you're not liable to pay from damage that was comes from an action which was permitted for me to do. So our Mishnah that says if I put out straw, I damage, I have to pay, I clearly is not like Rebuta. Says the Gemara, we could say that it is. Amar of Nachman. 
No, the Mishnah is talking about the, the time of year when you're not allowed to put it out. Rabbi Yudi, it's consistent with Rabbi Yudi. Like if you have permission to put it out, it's totally motor, everything's fine. The Mishnah is talking about when it's, when it's not the, the fertilizing season. So you don't have the right. This is not the time that Yeshua gave, gave rights to the people to put out the manure. And during that time, then specifically, uh, the Mishnah is, is, is saying that if your damage is, you are liable because at that time you don't have the rights. Says the Gemara of Ashi Yamar, second shot, top of the base. We learned in the Mishnah, straw or whole straw. We're talking about straw. When it's still in, its, in that state, that's slippery. It's very likely to make damage. Rebuke is only talking about where it's already in the manure stage. That's much less likely to cause the damage. So, so basically, just to understand, the straw goes to a compost, and from compost, it's turning into the manure. So our mission was still very raw, it's still in the straw state. So that's very slippery. It's much more likely to cause damage. Then there's never permission to put it out. Then, of course, if you put it out, it's going to cause damage. But he was talking about when it's already more like manure. At that point, I have shows, And if I have shows, maybe not Hanami, then I would be potter. Okay, so we, then we go back to the straw that's been left there. Kolokolim Zoha. The Rabbana made a penalty, right? That's the story of the penalty. The story of the penalty is anyone can take it. Since I shouldn't be putting it out, anyone can take it. Omar Rav, what does it mean anyone can take it? It means the materials themselves and their improvements. In other words, the idea is that they're going. To, the, the straw will be converted into the compost in the street, and it, it's getting better. So certainly, you're you're deprived rights to when it improves, right? That's that's illegal. But the question is, did the rabbanon make such a kanas on the original value as well? Rav says yes, even to the original value. If someone takes the material after they've improved, he doesn't have to pay anything. So once, let's say, it improved and now it's compost, someone can come and take it. And he doesn't have to give one penny to the owner who. The original owners. The person has a right to take the, to the improvements. Not to the, the raw materials itself. So meaning the owner always has his rights to the original straw. So if someone wants to take it after it's improved, he has to pay the owner the original value and only keep the increase. That's the point. That's the machlokas. According to Rav, once it improves, somebody can take it and not give the owner anything. According to Zairi, once it improves, the person can take it, but pay the owner back the basic value for his straw. That's in Kanasha really just be on the improvement. But the Rabbana went so far and they, they extended it to the Kuf HaDafar as well. No, it didn't go so far over. The penalty is only on the improvements. It's not on the materials themselves. It says the Gemara, now we learned in the Mishnah, someone turned over the dung in the street, someone else got damaged, the one who turned it over has to pay. In that case, he doesn't say whoever is the first to take it acquires it. Meaning, how come the Mishnah, only by the straw, made a point of saying that it's ownerless, but in the case of the excrement, we do not. So like Ziri, it's very good. Why? Because the whole punishment is only by improvements. And, and dung is not improving. So very good. That's why there's taka no halacha. That's why anyone can take it because the whole din of the penalty that anyone can take it is specific to improvements. But like Rob, that we say, and the, the, the penalty extends to the raw material itself. So how come we don't say anyone can take the dung? Why did the mission only make the point that someone can take straw? By dung as well, even though it doesn't make improvement, it just sits around. It's not like straw, which turns into compost manure. But 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 why don't we say the same thing? Anyone who could take the the excrement can take it. Says the Maratana the in the Seifa. We have to say according to Rav, you mentioned in the first case, and you should assume naturally that the same law applies in the final case. So the Gemara, you can't say that. Vatania law. The Brisa says in the Mishnah Shurim Mishum under it's forbidden to take it because of theft. Presumably, it's talking about the dung, right? Because the, the straw is not is not also for 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 theft. 
it's permitted to take the straw. So presumably that price is saying you can't take the dung. So now the kasha comes back. Why not? In other words, again, what's the difference between the straw and the dung? According to Zairi of a de Kapshat, the kanaz was only made on the on the shvach, so only on the improvements. But like Rav, it's made on the on the gufan as well. So what's the difference? Says the Kamarki, this that the price says they're also for theft. It's going on the whole Mishnah for the straw as well. And it doesn't mean it's also for theft to take it from the street. It's saying It's for one the for one who was first to take it and acquired it. It's saying you're not allowed to take the, the straw of the dung from the person who took it first, meaning it's not Stama right that he has to take it and he acquires it and anyone who takes it now from the person who took it from the street is stealing that's the point that the bride says making so we're coming out that in the case of the dung um it really it's like what rob said maybe there's baklau no knas it's not the point over here. The point is, when I'm saying it's from Mishim Gazel, is that when the person took the straw, he legally acquires it, and anyone takes it from him, he's stealing from him. So, it doesn't say that. It's not, it's not send the bride. So, I'm mostly talking about around the and someone takes his straw or in the street to make into maneuvers, or someone gets damaged, the owner is to pay. Anyone who takes it can acquire it. And we turn to Mishim Gazel, it's mutter to take under the laws of theft. So clearly it's saying that case is mother. However, someone who turns over the dung with someone else's damage, the one who turned it over is liable. In the case of the dung, it's also for theft. So clearly there's a distinction between the straw and the dung. In the case of the straw, it's mother to take. It's forbidden, however, to take the dung. So this is the contradiction to the opinion of Rav. Because according to Rav, that the kanas is present not only on the improvement, but on the guft adavar as well, then why don't we make the same kanas on the dung? Says the Gemara of Nachum is you're asking a kasha from the case of dung. No, the answer is like this. Very simple. Something which could improve like the straw. So the penalty was not only on the improvement, the Rabbanan extended it over to the raw material itself. On the straw, which could improve, the kanas is even on the raw straw. But Something which does not improve, something like dung, which cannot improve. They didn't make a penalty. So very good. The dung is not subject to improvement. So he's going to agree that there's no penalty which applies. So on straw, since it could improve, then the, the kanas is on the raw part as well. But on something which cannot improve, there is no kanas. Says the Gemari Ba'iluhu. This idea of Rav, that we extend the knas by straw, not only on the improvement, but also to the raw material, the altar katsinon, is it right away? Since straw could improve, so there's a knas that anyone could take it even before there is an improvement. Oh, maybe the Vard is really the knas only on the improvements. Once it improved and now anyone can take the improvements, now we say anyone can take the whole thing as well. So it's a question of when it kicks in. Can anyone take it immediately or only after it improved? From the fact that the Gemara earlier had a kasha from dung, dung is something that doesn't improve. So whoever asked the question clearly understood that Rav applied the penalty even before it improved. Or else Bechlal, there wouldn't have been a question from dung. We had a whole question from dung. We had to make a distinction. But if Rav only said it on the straw once it improved, then Stam, there wouldn't have been a question. Says the Gemara, but you think that's a good proof? When did we pose a question with combination of Rav Nachman? Before Rav Nachman answered. The boss of Rav Nachman, after Rav Nachman answered, then there wouldn't be a question. Meaning... You're right. That kufa might be what we're switching in the Gemara. Originally, we talked about Mr. Bodin Rav. We thought Rav was Tom making kanas on, 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 on the Gufa material itself. Obviously, we thought that, and then obviously it would have applied right away. But now that we understood that Amita Sazvar, in truth, it's only a kanas on the improvement that's being extended over to the Gufa material. And that's why, for the Gullah, there was not a good question once we got to that truth. Now we could wonder what's the halacha by straw? Is the kanas right away, or is the kanas only once it improved? All right, so with Kitzer, after all the details settle, Rav holds that we make a knas on the straw itself because of its improvement, and Siri does not.
says the Let's say that this one machlokas tanoim is parallel to this. Let's say I have a document which ribis was written up. Right, so that's forbidden. Lender pours him four dollars. Says in a document, I lend him four, and he's expected to pay back five. So that's a big avir. You're not allowed to make ribis. Now the question is, could I still collect the four? Right, the five. That's mamish also also to collect. But what about the four? So it says in the price, so coincidence when we make a penalty. He cannot collect anything. Since he attempted to collect the author to rivis, the penalty is he cannot even collect the principal. Interesting knas. That's the words of Ramir. He's allowed to collect the principal. Avalos rivis is only the interest. So what's going on? This is Mamish like that. Everyone agrees here as well, fundamentally. The knas should only be on the improvements. But the question is, once we're, we're, we're canossing the improvements, does the canoss go on the principle as well? That's exactly what's going on by the rivers case. There, the principle is totally mutter. It's two things, the principle and the interest. So if, if there's, even there's an agreement to pay interest, the collection of the principle doesn't, isn't any iser. So therefore, the rabbanon say that the karen is permitted. In the case of someone who puts out something dangerous, Karen Gufa Mazik, the principal itself is causing the damage. So therefore, the, the wrongdoing is being done with the, with, with the principal as well, so maybe we cannot the, 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 the penalty on that. We'll tell you a different story. Even like Ramir, like Ramir also. When did Ramir say over there that the penalty applies on the principal of Shuma? There, when did you do the wrong thing? At the time of the writing of the loan document. Because the Torah says, don't place interest. It's not only also to collect interest, it's also to place it. So since you're over it right away, even if you don't collect it, but you're over it right away from the Ksivas of the Shtar, so therefore it makes sense that we asser up the whole Shtar, even the collecting of the principal is forbidden. In the case, you put out something hazardous. Who say will ever cause damage? Meaning, no, maybe no harm will ever be done. So therefore, the penalty can only be on the improvement. The point that the Gemara is, de- is saying is that it's you know it's like if I put out a hazard and it doesn't do anything da- wrong, like anything, and it doesn't damage anybody, nobody really cares. That's not a big deal. What you did that. So therefore, we maybe we don't make such a big knas. The reason we make such a big knas, even on the kufa davar, when you write up a star with with with, with ribbis, is because the etzim placement. The writing up of it, not the collection is the issue. The etzim placing up of it is a problem, and therefore we see that the whole star is like a trafer thing. Let's say Machlokes Rabbanu Yiris and Machlokes in these Tanam. Mostly, Tivim Kavshus Ramam Zvalim. Someone who pulls out, puts out a straw into the street. If we're going to ask someone who is damaged, Chayven Isko, the owner is liable to pay. But Kolim Zach, anyone can take them. Vasir Mishum Gazel is also to steal. But now, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel Omer, the Gemara just obviously there's a contradiction there. It says anyone can take it, but then it's also Gazel. The Gemara will address that in one second. All those who put hazards in the street that make damage, they have to pay. Anyone who is the first to take them acquires them. They're mutter under the laws of theft. So the Gemara gets this point by developing the contradiction. There's a problem in the bride's itself. First you say whoever takes it could acquire it. Then you say it's forbidden for death. So what was the Tanakhama saying? Could I take it or can I not take it? This is what the Tanakhama was saying. Whoever is the first to take them inquires the improvements. But the etzim thing itself is still forbidden to take, meaning you could acquire the improvements but not the original materials. That's the first Tana. On that comes along the second Tana. Even for the, the Kufa Dover itself, anyone who wants to take it can take it. So is the same as Rav. Very good. So the Tanakama is Ziri and Rishim Gamliel is Raf. Says Gamar, the Ziri Vada Tanahi. That Ziri can only explain this by saying it's Machlokas Tanam. He has no other way how to explain Rishim Gamliel. 
According to Rav, do we have to say it's machlok? No, it could be everybody agrees that uh, there is a kenas on the guv as well. They're arguing about whether we say that the halacha is that way, but we don't teach it in public. Meaning, it's an interesting thing. Sometimes something is the halacha, but you don't publicize it. So everybody agrees with Rav that even the materials themselves are hefker and you can take it. The machlok is simply whether or not we should inform people of that law. Should we go teach people? According to Tanakhama, if someone asks whether you could take it, he should tell him, that it would it would be it would be theft, but if someone goes and takes it, then he does acquire it. That's where Rashi learns. Meaning, someone asks you, "Can I take it?" You say, "No, don't take it." But the if you do, it's totally fine. It's an interesting thing. No, even tell him to take it. Where do we see such a dispute? Despite the fact that Allah is that they can be taken, we don't tell people they can take it. Can we even tell people they could? Is it true? Ini is it true? According to Ravuna, we don't tell the public they can take it. There's a case where Ravuna declared. The peeled barley that was left in the street ownerless. He mamish told it. He publicized it. He said whoever takes the barley first acquires it. Ravadra Rama Afkir. Ravadra Ava Afkir Afkir Saluksa. Some sort of residue from dates. He was mafkir. He told everybody. So Bishma Ravadra Ava Kishmaiz Ravadra Ava Slishitas Ravuna Lima Hatabate. Ravuna retracts. Ravuna said Allah Morangain. Says Mahanun Masunave. Those people had been previously warned. So therefore they were treated more harshly than usual. Generally, when some people put out hazards in the street, what do we say? We say maybe Allah Morangain. Despite the fact that it could be taken, we don't tell people. These people have been repeatedly warned, don't do this, don't do this. So then we went over harsh and more extreme on them, and we told everyone that it can be taken. So Lamaskana, when you put something hazardous out in the street, what's the halacha? The halacha is other people are allowed to take the straw. There's a big machlokas rav and ziiri, whether or not they're only allowed to, to take the improvements or they can even take the gufadavar. That's one big issue. Then there's another issue, whether we inform people about it. Do we tell them that they could do it, or do we, or do we just say after the fact, after, some, after, after someone took it, he could keep it?